0: Welcome to another episode of Propcast, a poverty podcast that aims to educate, inspire, and engage poverty investors. We are your hosts, Dami Shinobala and Bimbala Asaige. Hey Bim.
1: Hey Dami, how you doing?
0: I am good, thank you. How are you?
1: My body's aching. <laughs> My body is aching.
0: Working too hard. You're working too working hard. So
1: hard, yeah. This, you know, the passive, passive um, <laughs> property, passive income. Not so passive after all. <laughs> now, um, I'm just, I'm, I'm happy and excited, actually. Uh, however, the last few, the last couple of weeks, I've been working endlessly to finish up my project. But I'm glad because it's all done. The guests have moved in on to the next one
0: excellent excellent great stuff so um well done well done i know it's been a few uh it's been a uh a couple of weeks but there you go all done guessing money rolling in now it's passive eh
1: now it's <laughs> <laughs> now it can be passive
0: <laughs> awesome awesome so um what are we talking about today Ben?
1: today we have a special 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 guest with us um this guy is amazing. I think I'm just gonna um, introduce um, him, and then I'm gonna allow him to tell us a bit about himself. But guys, today we've got Emmanuel Cicco with us, the money man, the money man. Come on, too funny, too talented. Hi, Emmanuel. Thank you so hey. much for honouring our invitation.
2: Come on, come on, I don't get a call from the big people, you know, I'm there, I'm there. like, just, you know, just the hem of his garment, you know, just to, just to be in the presence, you know, let your, the anointing will flow to me also,
0: you know? I think yeah. it's your it's your garment that, uh, you know, <laughs> we need to touch, bro. <laughs> uh, yeah,
2: man, it's good to be here, man, it's good to be here. Hey, everyone, I'm Emmanuel Sequel, financial advisor. TV personality. Come on. Ooh, think finance. We're changing the game. And look, we're here spreading knowledge. Um, I love what I do and I do what I love. And I'm so looking forward to today's conversation. Um, I guess for me, I'm all about teaching people how to not just work hard for their money and work. I think we're really good at working, um, but actually starting to make their money work for them and look at how they can have a dream big and make those dreams
0: come true. I love
1: Amazing. that. No, we, we are definitely good at working. But it's time that we make our money work for us Love
0: So um, Emmanuel If you don't know If you don't know by now I'm not sure where you've been But Emmanuel <laughs> says he's a TV personality So he's been on BBC One Channel 4, ITV And you know, on Instagram You just, just go and visit his Instagram If you're ever feeling down or sad Or you want a bit of information about finance you know, Go on his Instagram profile And you'll be <laughs> You'll spend some good time laughing so. Let me tell
1: you this, right? Like babe, this is amazing. This we probably need to do this at the end, but know I want to do that now. When you go on Emmanuel's page on Instagram, it feels like you're going to church. So some of the posts will make you think about your life. Some of the posts could <laughs> get you excited. Some of the posts will have you rolling on the floor. Some of like it's amazing. Your content is on point. I so enjoy so listening and looking. <laughs>
2: Thank you. you know, yeah, we that, we that, want some podcast, Emmanuel. No, I love that. You know what it is, is that for me, I just, I can't do whatever I'm, like want. I can't just do, this is a pension. This is a, like, it's not me. I, it's To me, it's too dry. Do you know what I mean? At the end of the day, for me, I understand that this is entertainment. People, people, you know, they go to work, whatever. If they're going to, if you're going to follow someone on social media, or you're going to like something on social media, it's going to be something that's entertaining. So uh-huh. I had to try and make my thing entertain. I can't compete with half naked women on, on Instagram. I can't. I just can't.
0: I can't <laughs> compete with that. Do
2: you know no, what I mean? No comment,
0: bro. No comment. But,
2: do you know what I mean? Certain so, men on their explore page is looking wild. You know that like, uh, I'm like, for, I can't compete with that. But what I can do is make sure that I put content out that gives you a little knowledge gives you some fun and then you can share that you can say oh have you heard this and pass it on and that's how i just grow organically just people sharing different videos it, touching different people be like, oh how do you know how do you know me and i feel like that's the thing like my thing is generic but if you see the comments you'll be like iman why are you at me today Eman, why are you like you think that i said it to you and mm-hmm. you're like i know your bank account but that's because we as humans we're so much the same although we like to tell ourselves how different we are
0: yeah exactly exactly no it's uh it, it does it does it does hit home there's so many of them you know i look at them i i'm just i'm just screaming sometimes but uh <laughs> yeah cool so ima let's let's go back let's wind up back a bit tell us kind of like how you started you know a bit of your backstory and uh, how you've got to where you are today
2: yeah man so i started um well i grew up in tower hamlets east london and so if you know Tower Hamlets and that part of, that part of London, um, all you've got is council estates and Canary Wolf. That is literally, is literally like, it's one of the poorest boroughs in, in London, but we've got one of the richest parts in the, in the whole country, um, which is Canary Wolf, which is the city. And so for me, um, growing up in a, in a very, like my parents came from Nigeria. So I'm the first born in the UK, like that pressure is a lot. Anyone that's the first born child actually born in the UK, that pressure on you is is a lot. Like yep. you must succeed. Yep. You must mm-hmm. you have no choice. But, and that's one thing I love about being Nigerian. Like they don't play any they, they don't care about what your circumstance <laughs> listen, you gotta go. You've got to I love it. I love it. There's never an excuse like one thing I always always had there was never an excuse for nothing. Like whether you got it or you ain't got it, you got to go get it. So if you know you've got to go and get something, then you got to go and get it. No there's mm. no oh but I haven't or they don't hear that go to church and pray and then go and get it done that's it and so for me i remember like my mom always used to who left the light on in the kitchen i don't know if you had that like if somebody I if you left the I light on in that the kitchen, in my house what my mom would shout out the whole house who left the light on the-? man i know it was you you this boy like you know like she would shout out the whole house you have to run from your room, come downstairs and off the light. You know she's standing by the light switch, but you have to run all the <laughs> way down to off this light if you want to survive in life. And so I used to think to myself, i go to my room at 9, 10 o'clock at night and look out my window, and I'd see the, all these buildings in canary Wolf, and the lights are on, 100 floors. And the lights are on. And in my mind, I said to myself, there's money over there. That's what I've got to be. If I can't even leave one light on in a kitchen, these men have gone home and left a hundred lights on them. the whole, forty floor. I said, nah, that's me. I've got to get over there. And so that was my, I was at like 13, 14. And I was like, you know what? I've got, I'm, I need to get into the city. And so that's what started me, my journey on getting into the finance because I could see the Barclays building and the HSBC building. And I was like, I've got to get into one of those. Fast forward. Don't know how I'm, I ain't got no connections, no friends, no nothing, but I've got a vision and my vision board became my window. And something I always tell people have a why and have a vision. And so right. for me, I had a why, I wanted to change my situation, and I had a vision, which was my window. And so every day I'd come back to this and I'm like, listen, you've got to change it. Look out this window. You've got to get over there. You've got to get over there. What are you doing different? By 22, I became the youngest financial advisor in Barclays in the country. And on the first day after all the training, got there, top floor, Barclays building, looked back at my estate. I was so high up, I couldn't even see my estate, but I, could, yeah. I did it. I looked back and I knew what direction I was in and I said, wow, well, I can think of something at 13, 14 and I can make it come true at 22 with all the odds against me, no help, no support, but with a determination, a drive to make things happen. And that's what started my, you know, me on this journey of being a financial advisor.
1: Wow. Hmm. That is amazing. Looking out of your window.
2: Common window, you know? <laughs> we all got windows, you know?
1: we all got <laughs> Seriously, like, no, this is amazing, though, because I can imagine the number of people that will look out of the thing, like people maybe living in that area, in that estate, yeah. will look out, to, out of their window towards Canary Wharf and think, oh, what is that? Them people, they're just there to make money. They're just there mm. to steal money from us. You know, like the whole half glass full, half glass empty. It is so exactly. powerful, like what you think and what you see, so... We can shape your destiny. But this is such a powerful, I mean, this is the second, I mean, I've, I've heard this before and the very first time I heard you say it, I was like, wow, this is amazing. Okay, so you had a vision and you had a why. How did you, because um, you also said that you, you became a financial advisor at a very young age. I mean, what? Yeah. how did you get to that point? Um, what were the things that you put in place uh, what kind of people were you walking or surrounding yourself? Yes. You know what, what what actually got you to that
2: place? So basically I I, I and this is where you talk about now that I've got a vision, I've got a goal, I know I have to work at it. So mm. again, and being Nigerian, I always like it, it makes a big difference. I can't talk about other I just know what it is to be a Nigerian. My dad told me at 18, he said to me, This is I'm talking about my 18th birthday, May 27th, 18th birthday, May 28th. We all had a nice cake ordered kfc and everybody was singing and dancing may 28th my dad says if you don't get a job get out of my house yeah <laughs> at 18 it was simple there's no there was not he didn't even give 48 hours 24 hours i've been i've only been 18 for 24 hours and this man has told me if we don't get a job you have to get out of this house
0: so 24 so, yeah. ch- ch- hours after he's uh...
2: <laughs> My dad stuck it on me straight, <laughs> stuck it on me he said listen, you've got to go get a job so I got a job at in Canary Wolf at, at, at Marks and Spencer's in Canary Wolf, 5am I used to have to get there, 5am, there's not even a bus you have to walk to the DLR and then get the DLR two stops into Canary Wolf so th- that was my first experience of customer service I used that experience of customer service to get a job at Barclays um, as a cashier. And, and and again, I was I was wise of it. So there was no part-time roles. So I applied for a full-time role, got the job in the summer when when I was off uni, worked full-time and then told them, oh, I decided to go to uni. Can I go part-time? And they let me do it. Wow. And so, so sometimes you have to engineer your, your own desk. You have to make it happen. I could have I sat there and said, oh, I want to work in the bank, but there's no part-time job, so it can't happen. Oh, poor me. No, you've got to make it happen. I went in there I've got it done. So now they've let me go part-time. So I'm doing my degree in accounting and finance. I'm intentional. So I'm working in accounting and finance. Remember, the, the vision is to work in finance. So what else, mm-hmm. my, my degree has to be in finance. My degree is accounting and finance. I'm now working in a bank, working in finance. When I qualified, I did so well. I got, a, I got a mentor. So my manager of my branch became my mentor. And oh. that was the p- part where that changed. When you talk about who you surround yourself with. Because he, he was like, and I like you I like your personality Mm. but you're a bit too relaxed so I used to come in I'm like I'm part time so I'm like I'm part time so because I'm part time you can't tell me to come in at 8.45 for team meeting I'm coming in 9 o'clock that's what my contract says you know when you give the big talk you give them the big talk like nah my contract says 9 o'clock I'm not coming in 15 minutes early you can't make me you know that talk there you give them the Mm -hmm. big talk so then I've, so I'm walking in with the customers. It's all looking unprofessional. Me and the customers are entering the branch at the same time. And so it, he, he, he took me to one side and said, Listen, if you're on time, you're late. Wow. That blew, that the this is, I'm talking, I'm, I'm 19 and I'm learning these gems at 19. So these things are intentional. When you surround yourself with people, mm. these things will change the course of your life. And this is why mentorship is so important. So he's told me at 19, if you're on time, you're late. Wow. And so I took that and I said, okay, I'm going to be early. So I changed, the, I changed the time of my watch half an hour early. Then times we are using what's not phone, like now you use phone. I had a watch. So I t- turned my watch half an hour early and then I aim to get everywhere half an hour early. That means I'm getting everywhere one hour early. One hour oh. early. When I get to the branch one hour early, guess who's at the branch? The manager? The branch manager. Come oh. on. So now he's told me to do something and I've done it. And So now, because I've shown him my intention and, and I've, I've, I've listened to him, he's now more encouraged to impart more knowledge into me. So now, in the mornings, we're having one-to-ones, where everyone has to wait one month to have your one-to-one at the end of the month. <laughs> I'm having mine every single day. He's telling me what books to read. He's telling me what stuff to take out of the branch. He's, te- he's giving me lessons on how to speak to get sales and how to, how to build rapport with client with customers. Of course, I'm doing this every day. I'm investing in myself now. Mm. Now, because of this, I now excel. I'm working part-time. I'm still the number one target producer, even, even though pe- more than people that are working five days a week. I'm working wow. three days a week. So now I've made myself invaluable to the branch. When I go on holiday, the branch won't hit their target.
0: Wow. They won't
2: hit their target. That's how invaluable I am. So when I, when I, when I now qualify, finish my degree... Barclays say, they tell me, what what, what role do you want? Because we can't let you go and work for somewhere else. Wow. Mm. And I said, I want to be a financial advisor. They said, bam. I went from a cashier level, which is level one, to a financial advisor, which is level four, which which you can't even jump there. After I did it, they stopped to even being able to jump that far mm. in one in one move. That's That is what happens when you listen to those above, when you're ready to be of service, yeah. and when you're ready to be mental and humble yourself and don't feel like you know everything that can be the difference between you doing what people can think is impossible to making it a reality so that's, uh, oh. that,
0: that's incredible from level one to level four and then you qualified as the youngest uh, fa in the in the, F.A.
2: UK. in the uk the whole okay. of the country okay. all my colleagues were, were late mid mid 40s early 50s they hmm. all gonna be my mom or
0: dad wow wow and and as that being repeated like since you've done that or is that you know something you hold to no
2: nah, so someone's done so they, i met a guy that, i met the guy that done it after me he did it at 21 he did it okay. at 21 so mm. yeah so there's been younger there's been younger than me but now i mean it's all changed but yeah there's been younger than me since then mm. but mm. at that but i feel like i was the pioneer in regards to mm. because i did so well mm. when i came when i came in i started i started performing outperforming those that had been doing it for years before me Crazy. And so that they, they were like, okay, look, you can get that young energy in because it can happen. And that's why that they, they a lot of people started recruiting, looking for young recruits that they could train and mold because they saw my example of how much I used to hit targets.
0: It's so, the E man. So you've gone from I mean, it's amazing, by the way. So you've gone from, you've you finished uni, you've gone to, you know, you've gone to, you, you've now got a career in um, financial advisory um, in Barclays, one of the top mm. banks in, in the UK. Um, uh, what what kind of um, urged you to transition from, from kind of a, a corporate career to, to yeah. where you are now?
2: You, you know what it is, is that, not forgetting where I come from. So I've gone from a council estate with four GCSEs to now at 22, giving financial advice to millionaires. Do you, un- do, you, yeah. like, do you understand? Like, that is, it's absolutely amazing. Just,
0: just repeat that, Ivan, uh, for, for, like, for our audience. I've gone,
2: from, I've gone from a council estate with four GCSEs, I've got four Cs. That's why I left sec- secondary school with four Cs at, at, at 16, to so yeah. now being a qualified financial advisor at 22 and giving financial, millionaires are, are coming to me to tell. For what to do with their money?
0: Mm. Was there any? Was there ever any imposter syndrome when you got there?
2: oh damn! I can't even tell you, my brother. When I tell (laughs) you, like, I always tell people, I used to watch Made in Chelsea because I'm from the hood, like proper, like on the estate. There's no my vocabulary is limited. We had to write reports. My reports was limit. My words were limited. (laughs) I have limited. So now I'm here and I'm going. I'm meeting these clients. And I'm thinking they're not going to relate to me as me. So I started watching like programs like Made in Chelsea and these type <laughs> of, them, and I start trying to imitate their voice and their mannerisms and and I listen to the stories that they say and I and I try and put myself in those stories. So that when I say, to class, oh yes, I've been to the, I started talking like a. It was a, it was so crazy. But when everybody around you talks in a certain way, acts in a certain way. You st- I'm already sticking out. I'm the only black boy here. I'm already really? sticking out. At least let me talk like them. Everybody feels comfortable. So mm. I, there was definitely that imposter syndrome, but I actually learned after a while that people buy people. Mm. And when I learned that people buy people, as in, I would sit in a room with someone and we'd be doing this whole. I'd just be me, and all of a sudden their accent and all that it goes out the window. All of a sudden you find out my man's from Liverpool or something. He's got, he's got he's got a scouse accent Do you know what i mean but he's putting it on but now that i've relaxed he's relaxed mm. and a lot of the time a lot of people that are in that have money now have come from you know what i mean they've come from yeah. either working class backgrounds or so forth so although they may act in a way outside now that the doors are closed and we're talking about remember your money's very vulnerable so you're 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 uh, you're, you're coming to me showing me your, your financial situation or asking for for my help and support so i the, the fact that you can relate to me and see, bro, oh, you don't sound like the rest of them. It actually got me more clients. And then this is why I was able to do so well. But I thought in my mind that they would, they'd want to see some what they've always been seeing. But actually, people just want to see the realness. They just want to see you for who you are. And because they could tell that I cared, that was what's most important. Whether my accent, whether I speak like this or speak like that, what's most important to them is, do you, are you going to care about me and my financial situation? 'cause that's who I want to trust my money to. And and that was what I had to understand. And so I, I let go of the whole, you know, imposter syndrome and just embrace being myself.
0: Amazing. I mean so many lessons in that. So, so many lessons. So many lessons. I mean, from the fact that, you know, you y- you left school with just four GCSEs. Most people would think their life was over. Um Come know, on. if yeah. if that was if that was all they were leaving school with. And yet, like you said, you went from that to now advising millionaires. On what to do with their money. That's just, that in itself is amazing. So, so yeah, so you were, you were going to talk about transitioning from, um, from corporate to, to where you are now.
2: So, so the whole transition is so I'm a very driven person. So once I, once I've got there, I'm not, I'm not settling on how I've made it. I'm trying to climb that ladder. I'm trying to go as high as I can to be the example, to be the example, to show them, look, we can do this. Um, but once I got out there, you realize that, listen, like, it's a madness. Like, what is going on here? Like, I'm, I'm here and literally the way... I, it wasn't for me. It wasn't... I, that corporate life wasn't for me. Because the way I am and the way... How I want to help my clients and how, who who I am and who I want to be, I couldn't be that person in this environment. And so what would happen is, is that I would leave a com- company and then go to another company or I'd get made redundant you're always the first to get made redundant by the way like yeah. you're always the first to get made redundant whenever mm. they, everyone loves you everyone will sing you know sing single you on your birthday they'll decorate your desk and put <laughs> cake and all. when it's time to get redundant everybody, mm. you're always the first and like, mm-hmm. all right mate you know it's business no m- no problem mate you know how it is and I said to myself <laughs> listen this this is a repeating trend this can't be this can't be a one-off And Mm -hmm. so for me, that's when I said, you know what?
0: Just for clarity, are you coming at that from an angle of being the newest person in the, in the organization? No, I'm coming from the angle of of being the blackest person. Okay.
2: Coming from being the blackest person in the Mm -hmm. building. Cool. Um, And you, and it's always easier to get rid of you because when you have to then explain it to the other, if there are directors or not, it's always easier to, to explain why you can't make it.
0: Okay. mm
2: -hmm. Why they gotta let you go. Do you know what I mean and mm-hmm. so for me, was, for me it was like okay cool but actually I, I know how good I am I know what value and actually I know who I want to help do I want to mm-hmm. continue to help millionaires become, like, move from 2 million to 3 million or do mm. I want to help people become the first person in their family to purchase a property
1: that's it that's it right there
2: mm. what change like be the change you want to see mm-hmm. I'm a big believer in that yeah. and so I started on social media just you know dropping tips and hints and so forth and guess what nobody cared I always tell people when I started that first year of Instagram, I easily could have quit. Nobody cared. I remember struggling to get to 100 mm. followers. And you'd, I'd get to 100, go to sleep, wake up, I was on 98. <laughs> I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> I, I'm in content and I'm getting less followers.
1: <laughs> They've gone with the naked girls, man.
0: And then one girl
2: in one minute. Yeah.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know you need to show your flesh, you
2: man. <laughs> I said, what is this? I'm trying to help you make money. I'm trying to help you change your life. You don't care. You don't care. Like, And so that was when I was just like, I'm on here. And I remember, you do. I uh, do content. I put content on. And then you get like 10 likes. Four of them are your family members. It's like, oh, Lord. So... But it was about consistency. It was about oh. continuing. And also understanding what do people like, what do people enjoy? What what, what type of content do they what, what type of content do they interact with? How do you make people feel like you could you know they they're actually gonna come back to this page or wanna come and listen to what you have to say? And so and so then I kept, then I found a formula I was building and then I remember I had my fourth child, I took two weeks off paternity, come back to work and then made me redundant with four oh. children. Wow. Dang, I
1: said, and I
2: said, that, that, day, that day, I got in my car. I remember, you know, when you pack your desk, your little, your little things from your desk, you put in a little box. I didn't even have a box. I had, I had plastic bags <laughs> walking out there like I'm coming from Peckham Market with my two plastic bags.
1: Mm,
2: and, yes. I, and, I got in my, and I got in my car and I sat down at the steering wheel and I closed my eyes and I said, God, please, I'm not going back. I said, I said that, in I, that prayer. <laughs> I just said that. I, said, I just said that. That was it nothing more. And let me tell you, since that day, I've never gone back. That was Ooh. that was, what, 2019? Yeah, 2019. Since then, I've, I've been self-employed since then and never missed no bills, never missed no payment. I make more money now than I made when I was employed.
0: Come on. Come on.
1: That's amazing. Oh my God. I did that prayer. I don't ever want to go back. <laughs> 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 I remember That's when it. I was but I had my, I was living for um, my, mater, well, to have the baby, my fourth baby as well. Oh and I was working out of um, my, the investment bank that I worked um, at at the time. I just said that, before, I said, Lord, I don't want to come back here. Like, this is too, you know, it's very easy to come back, but I mm. actually didn't want to come back. And yeah. it's funny because I said that prayer. I really meant it. Yeah. And then, obviously, a few year, few months later after I had the baby, and I'm thinking, okay, what am I going to do now? Obviously, I'm doing the property, but what else can I do? I remember a couple of occasions where I felt like maybe I should go back. for well, you know, maybe just go back and get that money. And even even that didn't go through. And I, and it's like I always remember that prayer. You don't want to go back there. So why are you trying to go back there? So that that is mm. such an amazing thing.
2: <laughs> so yeah. Then- so so, and then and then basically within. Six months of that, I started to do more content. I remember I was posting twice a, twice a day because this is my full-time job now. So I was like, if you were employed and you were, you're posting almost every day. But now that you're self-employed, you've got to put more into your content. So I put more in, started to do more, started to speak at more shows, go out there and do stuff. Within, within six months of that, I ended up, I landed the, the first show, Save Well, Spend Better on channel four.
0: Wow. Amazing, amazing, amazing. And, um, just before we move on from kind of, I guess that, um, y- your corporate career, being the w- one of the youngest, being black mm-hmm. and, you know, knowing kind of where we are in society today with, you know, everything with Black Lives Matter, all the things we see on TV in terms of, well, not just see on TV, but experiencing. Did you face any, from your perspective? Did you face any challenges um, during your time, you know, as as a young black person in the corporate world? And if you did, how did you navigate that?
2: I mean, there's always these microaggressions. There's always, you know, at the end of the day, especially in financial services, most of your bosses are going to be, you know, old white men. Do you know what I mean? And and so it's an old boys club. They're used to they're used to doing things in a certain way. I don't drink. I don't smoke. These times, most most business, if you know about business and finance, most mm-hmm. business happen in the pub, and yeah, them times yeah. you could smoke in the pub. So, what am I doing that I am having to go to a pub, inhale secondhand smoke, and drink coke because I don't drink, I don't, I don't drink any any alcoholic beverages? It's just it was just an environment that I wasn't comfortable in. And whenever you would like, for example, I am a person. Simple things that like, I would microwave my sandwich because I don't like cold food. They would now they would now look at me. <laughs> I will, I will bring in... And the only reason I brought in sandwiches is because when I bring in my fried rice and my jello fries, they're all coming to sniff around my team. When you was eating your pickled sandwich, was I sniffing? Was I at you? When you are eating your cheese and tomato, was I, was I, in, was I disturbing you? No, because it now smells that, nice. Come on, now. That, oh, what's that? It smells spicy. Oh, Can you leave me, please? It's alive when it's going in my food. Oh, Lord. <laughs> so... These, and these are things where, and they just don't get you like the way you are, the way you like your style, your like. So they want you to, for example, in financial services, there'll be a, there's certain regulatory things that you have to say when in a meeting. Mm. But obviously, I'm I'm cool. I'm not going to say the same way as you. I'm not you. Sometimes I feel like you hire someone. Why do you hire them and then try and make them like you? You obviously hired them because of the talent that they bring. So to so hire them and then get out of the way, let them be themselves. And so for me, it was just always a constant file, especially as you get to more and more high net worth clients. Like I got, I got to the point where you're dealing with people that had minimum 2 million cash to invest. Like all of a sudden, you think that these people want some posh old English type person to, to stand in front of them. And they don't, but you want me to speak. I can't be that person. I can only be myself. And so it's always, there's always these, these aggressions and so forth. But at the same time, I had to know myself. What do I want to be? How do I want to be? Because actually, sometimes you have to ask yourself, if I want to be in this world, then I need to make the changes to be in this world. Mm. Some, sometimes we, we want to be in places that we're not supposed to be in or we're not made to be in, but we want to be in them. So if you want to be in that world so bad, you have to be prepared to make the sacrifices and changes to fit in with the world that you're in. For me, I knew I wasn't, that wasn't for me. So I took all the lessons that I learned from there and now I do it in my own terms and it's been successful for me.
0: Excellent. That's amazing. That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. And hopefully that that will help someone who may be going through the same thing, maybe feeling the same way and um, they're able to kind of take stock of where they are and uh, what they need to do. So cool. I mean, this is a property podcast and you are the money man so what's the you know before we i guess before we get into that like what's the biggest mis- misconception that you have in terms of finance and money or that you find with people uh, when it comes to finance money and uh and then investing and properties and so on and so forth
2: yeah i think the big the biggest misconception is always that people feel like if they make a certain level of money that that, that their life is going to be better and it's, 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 is it not? it's the biggest. It's always <laughs> is that not the case. It's not the case. Not the case.
0: Mm.
2: I, I, I know sad millionaires. I know mm. people that have loads of money. People that make make ten twenty k a month that are absolutely depressed. Mm. And 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 this is the problem. Money is like I always I always tell people money is like salt. You gotta have the right ingredients. You got you gotta cook it in the right way. You add mm. salt. Yes, it's gonna help it taste better. It's gonna make it more enjoyable. But the the actual if, if it's rotten meat, sorting ain't going to help now. Do you know what I mean? And so what, what I'm trying to say is, is that if your life isn't going good, adding more money to the situation ain't going to make it better. Yeah. You're probably, you're probably going to end up worse because we've seen people that have won the lottery and they've actually made their, their life was actually in a worse place afterwards than, than before they won. And so for me, the biggest misconception is understand. I'm thinking that the value of money will now add the value to your life. No, you need to add value to your life and value yourself and be in, in a place where you can enjoy life on, as it is. And then money will only enhance what you're already enjoying.
1: Thanks, thanks, Emmanuel, for that answer. Yeah, I mean, I, I know I joked earlier about, yeah, does it, if, if you have more money, doesn't it make your life better? Yeah, you, you are right. It doesn't, everybody thinks that. I mean, I think that. Mm. <laughs> and I keep saying to myself, give me the money and then I'll tell you if my life is better or not. But, you know, mm. we, we do know people, uh, we have seen people, we've heard. Um, money doesn't necessarily whatever is there just gets magnified with more money. But now mm. again, we're talking. This is a property podcast, and um, most people, when you ask them, you know, when 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 we are speaking to people about the the benefits of investing their money and making their money work hard for them in property, the number one excuse that most people have is I don't have the money. Again, thinking mm. that if I do have the money, that I can invest. However, we know as experienced investors, that it's not just, you know, saying I don't have the money doesn't actually move you anywhere. So how can um, people, from your perspective as a financial uh, uh, financial advisor, if I was a client of yours and uh, I'm saying, look, I really do want to invest in property, but I don't know how to raise money. what, What kind of stuff can you tell me? What kind of advice can you give me? Or what kind of things can you get me thinking about? Because I also feel like people sit on a lot of stuff. You know, just think of simple things like selling things that you have in your house that you don't use or you bought that you, mm. you didn't actually in a year. So that sort of um, advice, what can you say to
2: someone listening?
1: How can I yeah. raise money for properties?
2: I think that when people say they don't have money, what well, well, I actually say is they don't have the right mindset. Because mm. money, money is something that we create. Money is something that we make. Mo- money is something that we go, we go out. So you can create money. As long as you've got added value to yourself, you can then use that value that you have to create money. So money is never, the the problem is is that money is never far away from you. You're Hmm. far away from money because you haven't put the things in place in yourself to be able to create money. Remember, money is created. You add value, someone pays you for the value that you add, and that's how you get money. You go to work, you add value to your workplace, so your workplace pays you money. But the problem is, is that your mindset is, is that this is the only way that you can make money. Mm. Hence why you limit yourself to what your work, what your workplace will give you. But I always tell people, what do you do before work? What do you do after work? How how long do you plan to work? What what are you going to do to create money? What skills do you have? What things do you enjoy? Because again, it's always much easier to, money always, it's always much easier to put yourself into something outside of your your work. So for me, I feel like your job may be to maintain your lifestyle. So that's great. If you can get a job and it can pay your bills and that's great. So now we know that any other money that we make, our job is taking care of the lifestyle. So this other money that we can make can now, we can now use to build and invest and, and so forth. So for me, that's the first thing, abundance. Don't feel like you can only make one type of money or you can only get paid once in a month. Understand that money is that there's, ab- there's an abundance of money as long as you un- understand and added value to yourself to be able to go and get it. So my, qu- my question is, so the question is, is it not? Is not that you don't have enough money. The question is, you haven't added enough. You don't have the right mindset and haven't added enough value to yourself to get the money that's available to you. Completely yeah. different scenario. So now that you know that there's an, an, an abundance of money out there, now it's about what are you able to do? So again, it may be a case of you need to go on a course, you may need to do some training, you may need some mentorship, you may need some help and support. So again, that might be something that you might need to invest in in order to add the value to yourself to be able to go and make this money that's available to you. So for me, that's the mindset there. Then it's about, okay, what am I going to do? Whether it's business, whether it's, whether it's just another, a second job. Second, I know a guy that's got about, he's a driver, but he drives in about, he does an Uber, does the parcel deliveries, does hand, like pick up van, like if you've got rubbish, he'll pick, pick it up. and for the, Now, through doing that, he's been able to buy two or three properties. Mm. This guy ain't got no no big, like he ain't got no CEO of no company or he's not on a hundred grand a year. Yeah, do you understand what I'm trying to say? Uh, but he's he's used one skill that he's got, which is driving. He's able to drive. You know, he can drive he likes being on the road. He can drive and so forth. And he's used that to look at how do I how do I create different streams of income using this car or using this van. And so now those streams of income he's been able to invest in other things. And so for me sometimes. The, the hurdle is, is that we're not thinking of, we're, we're limited in how we can get to money
0: so how can one um expand their uh, mind so if i if i'm following what you're saying it's not really that there isn't money there is money you just mm. have to you just have to change the way you look at it and uh and, and um gather and that the mindset. mindset so what would you say would be you know your top say three tips i know you mentioned one already maybe um but your top three tips for someone who may be thinking well i don't have this or i don't have that to 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 change their mindset to start cultivating the the this mindset of uh, abundance
2: i think the first thing i always tell people is i understand what you don't have what do you have so the first thing is to write down what do i have yeah what do i have what am i able to change? because again we can't change I know so many people that live in the past oh if i didn't do this or if i didn't i had this money but i invested in this and now i've lost it that we can't change that so let's not focus on what we can't change until we get a time machine and we can go back in time (laughs) we can't there's nothing we can do so so people are beating themselves up today about things that they've done yesterday instead of focusing on what they're going to change how they're going to change their tomorrow and so Mm -hmm. for me it's about what do i have so write a list of what are the things that I have? What do I enjoy? What are the things I like? What are the skills I have? How, what, and look at that and then ask yourself, with what I have, how can I add value to others? And if you can't, if, if with what you have, you can't, then it's about, okay, what skills do I need to enhance what I have in order to be able to add value? Because that is the aim. The aim is to add value. Because by adding value, you will get money, Okay simple very simple mathematics if i can add value to someone they will pay me for the value i can add that is simple that is very very simple and so for me it's about what have you got what can you add and then do that then it's about being intentional so now now that i know that okay for example i know that i want to go into property i feel like okay cool i like property i'm passionate about it i've got the drive to do it i want to go into property now you gotta be intentional so that means that what are you listening to? What are you? How are you learning? How are you developing? Right? What are you surrounding yourself with? What podcasts are you going to? What videos are you watching on YouTube? What are you doing outside of your time, outside of outside of work? Let's say to now make sure that you're on the journey towards this property that you want to get or this property journey that business that you want to start. You have to be intentional. If I want to get better with my finances, I need to be. I need to be listening to podcasts. I need to be reading books. I need to be audio books. However. Once I obviously understand my learning style, I need to learn that and really be intentional about it. And then finally, it's about consistency. Yeah. So now you have to be consistent. So if you are going to start a business, or if you're going to, the first time it fails, it doesn't mean that you, you give up. You carry on. You learn from that and you make changes. But you have to look at okay, this is the goal. Now work backwards. We Re- reverse engineer So. Because pro- one of the big problems is, is that as humans, we look at the big, I want to buy a house. It's too much. Mm. It looks too much if you just focus on I want to buy a house. Mm. But if I said, okay, I need to save £100 a week, I can do that it because that's, cool. 20, that's £20 a day. Yeah. So I can, I can make sure that I can save £20 a day. If I know If I save £20 a day, now in two years' time, I'll have my deposit. Now I get the house. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's so much easier when you break it down in, into, into steps as opposed to looking at the, the big picture. And I'm always, I'm a big believer in just being 1% better. Mm-hmm. So yes, every day, because if I, if I can focus on what can I, and, and it's small changes. I remember I used to wake up at, I used to wake up exactly whatever time I needed to go, then I would go. Then I changed that and woke up early. And mm. since then I woke up earlier than that because I realized I can do it. I can keep challenging myself. If I would have gone from waking up at 7.45 to waking up at six o'clock or five o'clock, it would have been too much. Mm-hmm. But by doing it step by step, bit by bit, it becomes easier because I, bec- I become used to it. Something and like and so it's, a, it's about try- just trying to get 1% better each day and then also breaking down your goals so every day I'm reaching a goal. Every day I can pat myself on the back because I'm one day closer to reaching my goal.
0: Nice, mm. nice, nice. I like that. I like that. So I'm going to throw a wild card question in there. So we're in the era of the digital currency, my brother. Mm. Talk to us. (laughs) Talk to us. What's uh, what's your take on uh, (laughs) on digital currency?
2: Yeah, I think I think we can see that it's it's definitely you know the pandemic has definitely sped up how much we're going closer to digital currency because we are using cash less and less and less. (laughs) So. As we now move on to, as we now move on to using card and all these other payment methods, contactless and and so forth. Soon, contactless. They're saying what, hundred pounds? I'm sure soon you'll be able. To, in some countries, you can you can use your, your um your phone, your Apple Pay to pay like a thousand pounds, just off your phone. Just touch, boom, gone. So <laughs> just, I, like I, I, <laughs> just like that, just like that, just gone. No pin, no nothing. Uh, uh, so it's one, of them, it's one of them things that as we start to move and, and, and as these things start to be more accepted, now what people need to bear in mind is that, you know, it's not fully integrated. So Bitcoin, for example, more and more, it's becoming more and more integrated in life. You could, More and more shops are saying you can pay with cash, you can pay with card, and also we accept crypto. Okay, great, we accept Bitcoin. Excellent. So as that becomes more and more, yes. But remember, it's not regulated. And I'm still... I'm trying to understand in my head with the research that I'm reading how governments are going to be happy that people are are using sy- systems and and um, payment methods that they have no control over.
0: That's the point. They don't have control and that's they're not happy. They're not going <laughs> to be happy. <laughs>
2: well, no, it if, if anyone understands economics and how it works, governments, local governments have... The Bank of England, there's a reason that exists. It's not just because it's the Bank control. of England. Well, they're, they're, it's important. They need to have control of how money moves so they can mm-hmm. keep pace, so they can control inflation and the cost of things and, you know, st- stimulus and all of this type of stuff. We've seen in the recession, we've seen, you know, them, them buy back bonds and, and put stimulus into the market to give money to businesses so that, you know, and banks, so banks can then go out and lend more, even though they kept the money because banks are just crooks. But this is, these are the, these are the, these are the things that, you know, they need to keep the control of. So for me, I'm very wary of, I, I, I totally understand the concept. And, and the more we believe in, in, in things like um, Bitcoin and all of these type of things, the more the price will go up. But my thing is, what happens when it gets to a certain level where now maybe we're using, we're using Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies more than we're using pound sterling? I can't see the Bank of England being happy about that.
0: They're, they're, and so no.
1: at, at the
2: moment they're not taxing it as well so what happens when they start if they if they now want to encourage us to start using it they could easily now try to start implementing taxes on it to say look well you if you want to pay that there's an additional tax that you can pay all of a sudden you're going to say well am i gonna am i gonna buy this product and pay 20 percent more tax when i could when i could get it if i paid cash or i paid with mm-hmm. pound sterling Mm. All of us, you understand? And all of a sudden now it becomes less used. So I think people should be careful. Yes, we can ride the wave now and, and enjoy it and, and make your money, but always remember to put money that you can afford to lose because it is a high risk investment. Don't focus on the fact that it's going up because when it goes down, you'll be too late for you. That's what people <laughs> don't realize. There's not a sign. There's no signs. When it goes down, you just wake up and it's gone. Yeah.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah. It's
2: gone. And so you have to be careful
0: okay okay nice nice thank you thank you so top tips for property investors uh from a finance perspective just a quick fire couple of uh you know you've dealt with you've dealt with millionaires billionaires i'm sure and you know yeah. all of them have come to you with one thing or the other what would you say you know top tips in in property just uh quick fire a uh, couple of tips and then and then we'll, we have one more question and we'll let mm-hmm. you go sir
2: yeah, I think the big thing for me is that, like you said, I've, I've sat down with a billionaire. I've actually sat down with a billionaire. But I've also sat down with millionaires. And I've sat down with people that are just, you know, they got 25K. They own a 25K salary and they're just trying to do the best that they can. I think the biggest thing I say with property is that um, the, price is, the price is so important. And so mm. you make money on property when you buy it, not when you sell it. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of people miss that. Top tip, so, top tip like so for me that's one of the biggest i've seen millionaires spend you know 10 mil on a yard they've wasted their money it, no one no one's buying it at that price they've, mm-hmm. it, they've been emotional to understand mm-hmm. so sometimes it's not about necessarily about the money it's about the, it's about the asset and this is why people use financial advisors because we're not emotional We're numbers it has to make sense if it doesn't make sense we can't recommend it so for, for us it's about this is, this is the asset that you're buying. What are you buying it for? Again, always knowing your why. They won't call it that, but it's always knowing your why. Why are you buying this? Why are you making this investment? So again, I always talk about the fact that I had, I had this, this Russian client and because of the way the economy was in Russia, to, to him, he was buying property in the UK. Basically, the properties were his bank account. He would buy them. He would put nobody in it. Mm. No renting. Not to rent. Really? Not to rent.
0: Just to hold? No whole- renting
2: this is a bank
1: account.
2: <laughs> so he, it's how he, and so to him, cause he knows that, you know, in the UK, where the areas that he'd look looked to buy, it's been typical of a temp between eight to 10% rise in property each mm. year. To him, that's a bank account. Mm. Cause if I put my money in a bank account, they're giving me 1% or 2% or even mm. these bank accounts are shaky. So I can put myself in, in the UK, the property market is solid. I can get a fixed return. Whenever I come to the UK, I can be in the property if I want to. If that's not, mad. it's a bank account.
0: That's it's mad. not, it's not, it's not just, a property. Just the capital growth. That's all he just cares about. Just the capital
2: about. growth. Wow.
0: House is, house okay. is empty. <laughs>
2: can I get his number? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, and these are, and, and this is the thing for some people, that's, it's different because at the end of the day, man's a million, man don't need income. Mm. Income is not his problem. His problem is he's got too much money, like, you have got too much. I I, I don't. I, it's not from, It's not an income thing. It's about I, I need security because my my money is, is not diverse. You know what I mean? Mm. It's not in di- There's no diversification. It's in this. It's in this unstable market. That's why you yeah. see a lot of a lot of people in the Asian market as well that will come over and buy property. When you see a lot of these new builds buildings, bit fifty percent. When they say they're sport, that's a lot. Of that's in Asia. Mm. A lot of it is in Asia because again, the economy is shaky. The government have a huge influence.
0: Yeah, they can just wake up tomorrow they,
2: and make a law. I They just two years ago, I remember we woke, woke up and they literally said, no money can go out. Yeah. No, you can't, no money can go mm. out. Yeah. froze everything.
0: Yeah. They can just so make what, any law they want to uh, strip people of their assets and, and hard-earned money, which is why a lot of you know, Asian investors come over
2: exactly so when it, and so that's why to them again property is something that they see safe and secure especially in the uk where we have high demand and low supply mm. some things are not by accident i'm telling you you will understand like when you un- when you really see money and understand it you'll see that some things are not done by accident because people are eating all the time <laughs> people are every in every tragedy people are making money i think we've seen it and so all the stuff we're seeing now with politicians oh they own they own this this company and this, they won the bid on this and oh, we went through all the legal mess. It's it's, a, it's just lies. Mm-hmm. So as much as you go, go after my uncle say look 419, listen, he learned from the British. The British is the <laughs> one that taught them how to do 419.
0: They just, Nobody do, it. Ever they just do it in a systematic way they just do it. To, you know, Come on. you know, oppressing, oppressing Come the on.
2: masses. <laughs> exactly. They just do it with a bit of decorum. You know what I mean? They just do it with a bit of they got, they got a bit of respect. Us, we're out here just jumping 419, yahoo, yahoo, yahoo. But they, are, they, they understand. But when it comes out now, everybody's shocked. Mm. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe this. They've been doing... This is how the British Empire was created. They've been doing this with money and all of this for, for control, for time. And so, for me, this is why I feel like ownership is so important for us. And property is a great way to get started in ownership. And then when we can then use that to then leverage because that's the thing one of the other when you talk about tips and mistakes for me it's you mm. know this whole i, I want to pay off my house hello please, no no please, no no no, no, no. <laughs>
0: please leverage but, but oh, Eman, man you posted the other day about your uh, maybe it's a slightly different conversation i guess yes you, you, you posted about your um your house if i hear that your house is not an asset one more time or something. You, yes. <laughs> I think that was the name of your post, man. Right? Yes, yeah,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. But what I'm what, I'm, what I'm what I was talking about is that these people that I've read, you know, rich that poor Dad and so because they read rich that poor that, and he says that um, the house that you buy is not an asset; it's a liability. Mm. Everybody runs with it, but mm. if you really look at it, like sometimes we're just too smart for our own good. Mm. It's it, if 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 the UK if the UK property market has gone up by twenty. 200% in the last 20 years mm. you are telling me that somebody has got 200% growth but because it's the house that they live in it's not it's an not asset.
0: asset that's stupid. Mm. Mm. that's
2: stupid. <laughs> you can never there's no way you can it doesn't you don't even understand what you're talking about and that's the problem we will, again it's great to read books but you've got no basis behind it because you haven't you haven't studied economics you haven't studied finance to understand how money works and move because you just read a book and said that, that, that's not how it works what but the other thing is, is that again, where you have to be careful is being asset rich and cash poor, mm-hmm. which I find a lot. I have a lot of clients like that, unfortunately, especially from our community where they've owned properties in places like Tooting, Streatham, Brixton, Peckham, that that are now gone up in huge value, but they have no, they have no pension, they have no other income. Mm-hmm. So you're sitting in a house that's worth eight hundred and fifty, nine hundred k with no mortgage, but you're only getting. Eight hundred pounds a month from a pension, and you're struggling. So
1: can we speak into? Can we talk about that for a minute or so? Because that is a big issue. I see that a lot, and I have all the clients that would come to me and say, "Look, I want to. I want. You know, I want. How do I help my kids to get on the property mm. ladder? But they don't have a proper income. Or they don't have a sufficient income. But they are sitting on wealth of money in their property. How? Mm-hmm. You know, what do you say to that?
2: Yeah, I mean, as long as there's enough time, the problem is a lot of the time, they're coming now, they're already on the deathbed, and now they mm. want to try and say, how do I give this to my kids? Uh-uh. Mm. Why, why is death a surprise to us? From, yeah. the moment you, from the moment we were born, we knew there were two things guaranteed, tax mm. and death. Uh-uh. Mm. So I don't understand why you waited until 89 before you realized that, oh, yes, I might just die. You should have known this from before. So the problem is is that without time, it's very difficult. Property is is one of those things that you can't, it's very difficult to avoid when it comes to inheritance tax. It's very, very difficult to to avoid. And so if you want to, you have to do stuff prior. You have to make moves way before to give time. There's a seven-year rule. So you have to do things prior. So, hey, man, so not even, I'm not even talking about the
1: whole inheritance tax, but I'm not talking about when they're so old. So these are people that in their late 50s. Um, yeah, I've got a couple of people in their late 50s, early yeah. 60s. How do they, how can they get the proper,
2: Again, the reason why it is, is the same thing is, is that, again, because the way to release it is to, is to get a mortgage. Mm-hmm. If you leave it too right. late, yeah. they'll only give you mortgage for a certain, certain term, which means yeah. that they may only give you 15 years. So yeah. now the monthly payments going to be beyond what you can afford. Yeah. Because now you're on a lower income. Yeah. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? So the, the problem is is that you're, you're, they're leaving it late. But if, what someone can do if they're in their 50s is that if their income is enough, they can remortgage or add, a, add, a, add another child, whoever they want to, add a, add a yeah. child, if they've got a child yeah. onto, the, onto the mortgage. And if that child has an income, they can release, they can take out money, out some of the equity out of that and then pass that on. If, they, if, if they've left it past where they've got an actual income, then there's mm-hmm. lifetime mortgages. So you can get a lifetime mortgage where you can take money out of your property. It's not based on your income. The mm-hmm. interest basically rolls up. So the monthly payment that you normally pay for, for interest, you don't have that. So it just gets added to the loan. And that will build up over time. And then once you pass away, what happens is, is that the property has to be sold and then the, the company's paid back their money and then whatever's left is given to your Given to your um to your beneficiaries, but again, yeah. that can be if you if you do that too early. So if you do that in your early fifties and you live to eighty, <laughs> that roll up will probably wipe out the whole value, the remaining value of your house. Mm. So mm. so you have to be very careful when using these type of, these type of type of products as well. Yeah, excellent.
1: Okay, thanks for touching on that. I think that's really good. That's something that people can go look into at least. Come you know, speak to you about it. Um, outside of this conversation but yeah it's very very yeah we, I see a lot of that in our community mm-hmm. um, you know asset rich in terms of got all this equity but just don't have enough cash to actually do day-to-day living or actually impact anything to their children but yeah, yeah. this is this is a very um, this is this is something that one would need to sit down with you and have this conversation uh, yeah, but thanks it's for important. On that mm.
0: and
2: just to finish I just want to add that I've had in the last year, I've had five black clients that have, due to not doing IHT planning, that are now going to pay four four hundred thousand plus. Wow. In, in ta- inheritance tax. Wow. Mm-hmm. To,
1: the four, to the queen mother.
2: To the queen To the queen. No, huh? people were sad for her that she was sitting on her own, that she was counting her inheritance tax <laughs> while she was <laughs> while she was sitting there. Trust me. <laughs> The money is (laughs) flying to her, flying. Uh, And so they've got everything
0: in trust, so she's not even worried. Come on, yeah.
2: So, so you've got to really think about, you know, inheritance tax and what you're what you're doing, how things are passing, because again, inheritance tax is a voluntary tax. It's now considered a voluntary tax. So, if you are paying that, that's because you chose to pay it, because there are ways to mitigate (laughs) it and reduce it. So, it's (laughs) now considered a voluntary tax. So, you got to think about that.
0: Wow, that's powerful. That's, that's a
1: post right pa- pa- like sad. Like that.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> powerful mm-hmm. but sad because if you volunteer to pay it, well the government will just say thank you. They'll
2: take it. Yeah, of
0: course. They'll just say thank you. Damn. That is that is that is a revelation right there, man.
1: Cool, cool. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Last question before come we on, go. Come on. <laughs> So, um, again, bringing it back to um, this podcast, which is a property podcast, what does, and I'm, I'm going to assume that you are a property investor as well. Mm-hmm, so what mm-hmm. does property mean to you? Bearing in mind, uh, I think, you, I don't know if you, yeah, you did mention this, so I can go back to it. Emmanuel has four children. Yes. It's been populating the earth. Come on. <laughs> Self-employed. Uh, financial advisor with a big family uh, doing great things in the United Kingdom so what does property mean to you to your family you know tell us tell us what that means to you
2: I think for me property property means gives us options mm-hmm. and that's that's how I see property property I see property as an opportunity for me um, I've been able to, to buy in, in, in Bromley which is, a, which is a, a very much a very good area and I know that you know my kids will always have a base of a property where, when they now go to go buy their property, I know that this property that our boy in me, it's the money from here from this property that I will give, I will give to them, mm-hmm. to I'll release that equity and give that to them, and know that they'll be able to get, it. um, they'll be able, they'll be able to get on the property ladder much sooner than I was able to. But also, I feel that property is more than just ownership in in regards to, I've done a lot of property deals where I'm just I'm not having I'm not buying it to to live in, I'm mm-hmm. just adding my money to other investors and unfortunately most of them are not, not not black. It's something that's not really like, I find that properties can, it's, it's, it's a quick way to make, it can be a good way to make money. Money, so many people have money like 5k, 10k, 15k, sitting in a bank earning nothing mm. and 10k, they'll tell you if you put 10,000 pounds based on your interest rate you won't even get 50, you may, if you're lucky you're going to get 50 pounds at the end of the year. 50 pounds do you know what they've done with that money in that 12 months
0: they've learned it they've, out at 10 times the already. Mm. they flipped
2: that money they flipped that money if you know about leveraging from a bank point of view that 10,000 they've they've borrowed it out as 100k 200k uh-huh. Uh-huh. off the back of the money that you've left with them and then they've given you 50 pounds to say well done and so for <laughs> so so for me thank much. you <laughs> you know so mm. for me when I see that I see I see property as an opportunity that yes I am limited trying to do it on my own. Mm. But if I can combine my 10, someone else can bring, my bring five, somebody <laughs> else can bring, all of a sudden, we can own something. And this is the thing about leveraging. What 25% is what we have to put in. We only, if, if, if I, one, try to put 25%, that's a lot. Yep.
1: But if I only
2: have to put five and I find four other people that can put five and all of a sudden, our 25 can give us access to 100% of that property. Mm-hmm. And now we can add value to that property and sell that property.
1: Yep.
2: All of a sudden, now we are in a better position. And then we can go again. Wait a mm-hmm. second. Don't go and spend it now. You want to go and buy a new gele? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, dear. I knew at some point we'll come back to this gele business. <laughs> I, I'm tired of gele blocking my view, actually. I'm tired. Ghele, <laughs> Let, uh-uh. Let it go. So for me, and that's the and that's one of the. You're, big
0: problems. you're gonna put the those who tie the gilly. You're gonna put them out of business, <laughs> man. Come on <laughs> I now. I told you, like, come on now.
2: We're really gonna put them really out of business. Tie ghillie, tie rapper. Let it go. a woman I, is trying to make money to buy property, man. Yeah, <laughs> man. <laughs> I'm telling you. But my thing is, is that that the problem is, is that we do it once, and then we and then we spend it. No, we do, we're doing it wrong. You go once, you get that money. If you, if you have a job and an income that is provided for you, that money that you make, you go again.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And, and then you make money and then you go again.
1: Yeah. And then
2: all of a sudden, in 10 years' time, do you know how much money you've now got? You don't even need to... I have a goal with people and now you're buying blocks. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. Or you say, look, we've been doing this long enough, I can now buy an individual. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is that one person, it may take one person 20, 25 years to save enough to, to buy a house but it may t- it may take it may take 10 of us five years to do what one person takes 25 mm-hmm. but the problem is is that we we are individuals and 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 this is why for me when i'm so inspired when i look at the asian community no matter how much argument no matter how much this that when it's time to put their money together they that, that's that's culture and for me this is my mission i want it to be culture that we say listen Yes, you know we've had it hard. It's not easy, but actually we are stronger together. Mm-hmm. And property is a great way for us to be stronger together. Why? Because like my Russian, like my Russian billionaire millionaire, he knows that in the UK there is there is there is high demand and low supply. Mm-hmm. These are the best odds. Not like in America, you know. We're reading all these books in, Amer- in America. There's there's space all day long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> they got houses all day. They got houses that are empty. Yeah. So, so it's a diff- it's a, when you're reading your American finance it's completely different the situation is completely different for us here we have an opportunity at, and the market is in our favor if yeah. we can put our money together we have high demand and we have people who are, who are very comfortable renting for the rest of their life it's what their family have done it's what they've always done and they see no reason to buy and we have, we have low demand in regards to property now even I've got people that rent to local authority Deliver they rent to mm-hmm. local authority. And they got a contract know about that. Guaranteed, <laughs> guaranteed, two years. Yeah. Whether there's somebody in the house, there's somebody not in the house. That's
1: not their business.
0: We that's know, not their business. We know a little bit about that one.
2: <laughs> so what I'm so what I'm saying is, is that it's hard to do that on your own. Mm. But when you can do that together, now we make possibilities. And to me, that's that's what I love property. That's what I love. It's not just about oh, the roof over my head, it's about actually. We can put our money together and we can do something that, that you know would seem impossible on your own, but it's very much possible and practical together.
1: Beautiful. Thank you so much. You have definitely finished off with my my pets, my 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 my, my love, which is the, the joint venture. Let's put our pets together, put our money together, and let's do so much more. Um and you talked about the social housing thing, uh, renting to the local authority, yep. Yeah. Um, Dami here is an expert in that. So guys, if you're listening in and you've had taken so much out of today's podcast, you definitely, definitely, definitely want to put those things into practice. You want to reach out to Emmanuel. You want to reach out to us for any further um, clarification or information. So actually, um, before we finish, Emmanuel, how can people reach you? Do you want to just tell them the best way how people can reach you?
2: And before I even do that, I just want to remind people, look at the times as well furlough is about to end yeah so with furlough ending that means people are going to lose their jobs when they lose their jobs they're going to go in in this country you get benefits so it's about reading it sometimes we need to understand where yes bitcoin is great don't get me wrong definitely put some money in there but understand that there's a need coming right in front of you Mm -hmm. we know that people are about to lose their jobs the local authority are going to have to house them because they can't afford private rent where are they going to go are you ready are you ready are you and your friends ready to put your money together to be, a, be an answer to that question yep. and this is where I talk about investing and being better with your money but for me if you want to catch me you can catch me on the Eman Effect it's The Eman Effect UK on Instagram Twitter it's Emmanuel Asuko that's A-S-U-Q-U-O on LinkedIn and it's um, www.emanuelsuko.com is the website amazing. Thank, you. amazing thank
0: you guys that's our guy Emmanuel if you've enjoyed if you've enjoyed uh, today's show um, do comment leave a you know go and follow Eman follow Propcast and um, you know if you have any follow up questions then feel free to get in touch with us Um, my brother thank you so much for coming uh, onto onto Propcast and being a guest for us Uh, it's been amazing and I'm sure we're gonna um, uh, collaborate again soon so thank you once again
2: definitely thank you both, thank you for having me
1: Thank you so much. Thank
0: you. Until next time. Ciao for now.
1: See you next time. Bye bye, guys.